Welcome everyone. Welcome back to the Wisdom for Women from Yoga and Ayurveda podcast. I'm your host and guide, Jennifer Allen, guiding you to craft a more rested life, to align with nature's rhythms, and to honor your divine soul purpose. This is episode 34, and this episode is my rest story. Creating this story was part of my Daring to Rest certification that I completed in 2024. All right, here goes. My name is Jennifer Allen, and this is my rest story. Something that I love about Daring to Rest Yoga Nidra Method is the invitation to listen for and connect with our soul whispers. This is something that I ignored most of my life. And this is a story I'd like to tell. I remember loving as a child to rest. I loved to lay in the grass, look up at the sky. I loved to climb trees to the top, tippy top of the trees and witness the world below me. I remember curling up and reading books for hours and hours. Stillness and being outside in nature felt rested as I was growing up. But something changed in me or in the world around me or both sometime between middle school and high school. And that's when I stopped exploring my inner world and started seeking validation from my external world. That's when this abandonment of soul whispers first began. It was when I adopted the cultural and familial belief that you can rest when you're dead that you're lazy if you're resting, and that I need to make myself useful. That's when I shifted into this toxic productivity mode. It started slowly at first, but it definitely ramped up over the decades. I was always searching, always going, always doing, always pleasing others. I realized I could get a lot of validation for being smart and having good grades, so I over-efforted there. I realized there were praise with sports and performances and races and matches, so I over-efforted there too. I remember having the worst menstrual cramps in high school. My period was so debilitating. I couldn't even leave the nurse's office to walk home. I couldn't walk or drive myself because I was doubled over with such intense pain and severe bleeding. I had endometriosis from the time I was 15 until the time I was 42 when I received a complete hysterectomy. So for 30, 40 years, I neglected the whispers of my soul and the wisdom of my body to continue doing. My body was begging me to rest, to slow down each month. And I ignored each and every call, each and every cry, each and every scream. I pushed on. I pushed through college and into my marriage and into my mothering. I was a pusher. I was lucky or unlucky enough to have a really strong constitution and I was able to override this natural wisdom for many, many years. But the birth of my first child, my son, really devastated me. It really did a number on my nervous system and on my reserves. My son was breech, and we did not know about this until I went into labor. 
and things got really tricky really quick. My labor was really fast. I had to drive from Grand Canyon to Flagstaff, laboring in the car. When I got there, things were just going so fast. They were moving so quickly. The whole labor, including C-section delivery, was less than an hour and a half. No, excuse me, less than three hours. I ended up needing an, emer an emergency C-section. They were not delivering breech babies. And there was a lot of medical trauma associated with this birth. So with the medical trauma and the C-section, my husband only taking two weeks off work, I pushed on. My son is, was what you would consider a very difficult baby. He was always crying. He never slept for more than 20 minutes during the day and not more than two hours at night for years and years. And this really disrupted my sleep. Up until this time, I had always been a good sleeper, but this lack of sleep further dysregulated my nervous system. And from that time forward, I really did not get good rest. I still to this day don't get really good rest. I got pregnant with my second child when uh, my son was just six months old. My second pregnancy and labor further depleted me. The entire pregnancy with my daughter was very painful. Uh, my labor, very difficult. I lost a lot of blood. I needed a blood transfusion, which I declined. And since we lived so far away from the hospital, I ended up spending over a week in the hospital before they would release me, before my blood count was high enough. Needless to say, I didn't, quote, bounce back from having, from having that kid. Having a newborn and a year and a half old who was undiagnosed with autism spectrum disorder, a husband who worked 40 to 60 hours a week to support us, often in the back country. This combination left me alone with two small kids much of the time. And it wasn't until after the birth of my daughter that I started drinking caffeine. Maybe about the time my kids were two and three, three and four, four and five, somewhere like that, my reserves were completely gone, and that's when I turned to caffeine, ultimately energy drinks, to make it through each and every day. I continued this energy drink addiction for six or seven years, and this is what it looked like. This is how I started my day. I woke up to one or two kids in my face, somebody screaming, somebody crying, somebody needing a diaper change, and the very first thing I would do was get up walk past everyone and go to the refrigerator and crack open a Red Bull. And I drink that within the first five minutes of waking. Then at some point early mid-morning, I'd crack open my second Red Bull of the day to continue on. I have this pushing warrior energy about me. And that's definitely the energy I brought to muscling through or powering through motherhood. And the fuel that I needed came in a silver, blue, and red can. The only way I could continue the level of output and toxic productivity that myself and others around me were accustomed to was, if, was to fuel my body with high levels of caffeine. I again decided to override subconsciously my body's signals for rest and heavily caffeinate myself. I needed two Red Bulls a day in order to make it through the day, really just to survive. The turning point towards rest 
and leading a more rested life came after my hysterectomy. My kids were older. They were in school now. And for four weeks, I simply laid in bed. I rested. I read. I meditated. I watched TV or movies. And I spent a lot of time looking out the window just daydreaming. And it was about 10 years ago that I took this first pivot from pushing to surrendering. It was only a slight pivot. I continued to rise up and put my armor on and fight and, and produce and work, only to scuttle back to my bed and rest and read some more. This back and forth pulsation went on during my entire three-month recovery period. But something did change. Something did shift. Something cracked open in me. And I emerged a bit more aligned with rest and a bit more in tune with my soul whispers and the wisdom of my body. This was 2014. But it wasn't until the pandemic of 2020 that I began to admit to myself and to others that I was addicted to toxic productivity. I was addicted to the adrenaline rush of going, of doing, of pushing. And I realize now that this toxic productivity was my default. As the world was slowing down, my response was to ramp up. My business exploded. I had more clients and made more money during the pandemic than ever before. But by midsummer of 2020, I realized what was happening. I had survived my first full-blown anxiety panic attack in March which landed me, in, landed me in the emergency room in the middle of the night thinking I was dying of a heart attack. The subsequent weeks of testing yielded, quote, nothing. My body seemed to be completely healthy, but I knew in my heart and in my soul that my nervous system was trashed. I knew I could no longer override the messages of my body. So another shift towards a rested life was made. I began to explore this idea of toxic productivity in our culture. I began to examine my individual resistance to rest and the cultural resistance to rest. I decided it was time to set down my armor and pick up my blankets and pillows. I took that first radical act towards rest. And whenever I felt myself striving or pushing or over-efforting in any way, I stopped and practice yoga nidra. This was the summer of 2020. During that summer, I reached out to a dear friend, and she has been my accountability partner around rest ever since. We've had a daily thread about our rest practices, our rest revelations, and our rest resistance. Then, in the summer of 2020, I met my true rest teacher, I contracted COVID and then long COVID. And that was my true teacher around rest. I decided I had to lay down my weapons and surrender to the rhythms of nature, to the whispers of my soul and to the wisdom of my body. So I could surrender to the goddess Yoga Nidra. I literally had no other choice. (laughs) I had no other choice but to stop. To simply slow down or to pause was not enough. This was a hard stop. I had to release my identity as a rest resistor, as a warrior of action. 
It was then that I began that shift away from toxic productivity to radical rest. It was then that I decided to surrender, that I decided to slow down. I recommitted to a daily practice of rest, either yoga nidra or a nature-based rest practice. And I also started to shift how I showed up in my life and in my business. I began to craft a life and business rooted in rest. My business has continued to shift and evolve, but in 2024, I've decided to make a stand for a more rested world. Moving forward, I will be supporting women, supporting other women in creating more rested lives to reconnect with the rhythms of nature and to honor their divine soul purpose. Pause, practice, purpose. I realize I have been a warrior all of these years, most of my life, really. I spent my childhood fighting to be seen and heard. I spent my young adult years fighting for external validation. I spent my mothering years fighting to be respected and fighting for my children. I spent time in work and business fighting for the concepts, these these wisdom traditions of yoga and Ayurveda to be heard and understood in our modern society. But now it really is time for me to lay down the fight and to surrender to rest. There's a time for dreaming. There's a time for creativity. There's a time for action. There's a time for reflection. And there most certainly is a time for rest. Mm. I thank you guys for listening to just a little bit about my rest story. Of course, the story continues. This year here in Trinidad, Colorado, where I'm based, I'll be opening a rest space. It's called the Rest Easy. There'll be more information about that. But I really want to bring this idea, this practice of rest to to local women. And... The other focus of my work will be the Easeful Yoga Collective where overwhelmed, stressed out, exhausted women, exhausted caregivers can come each month to align, to flow, to explore, restore, and rest. So I look forward to sharing with you more about these two babies, if you will, that I'm tending to. And I thank you for being here to witness me in this podcast. Until next time, I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you.